stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. He's got a pile drive him. He did it. One, two, three. He got him. He got him. But the dynamite kid went back to his old routine. Man, oh man, that brings back memories. Saturday afternoons, watching TV, the voice of Ed Whale and the stars of Stan B. Wesley. And certainly the dynamite kid at the time was one of the biggest stars in Stampede Wrestling. Really helped save that promotion, right? We think of those heydays, you know, with the Hearts and all these uh, other wrestlers that went on to, to huge stardom in the WWF. Uh, but there were some, some tough days for Stampede Wrestling before all of that. And it, it, is, it is sad that we, we seem to talk a lot about this. You know, these big names, these big stars of the 1980s, um, you know, leaving us uh, too soon. Uh, the Dynamite Kit, Tom Billington, passed away today. In fact, on what was his 60th birthday. Now, joining us to talk more uh, about the impact he had in Stampede Wrestling is uh, Heath McCoy, former journalist, uh, wrote a book a few years ago called Pain and Passion, the History of of Stampede Wrestling. Heath, so great to have you with us here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and, you know, you talked about it today. You were tweeting about it, you know, remembering this remarkable performer. I mean, in in that era, he really stood out, didn't he? He absolutely did. Um, he, he really revolutionized uh, wrestling. He was... The dynamics, you have to remember that in the 1970s, um, you know, in the 1960s and 1970s, wrestling, pro wrestling was, a, was the game of a mountainous men. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, re- it remained that. It still is that today. But there wasn't really a place for this sort of the smaller guys, the mid-heavyweight sort of stars as much. And the Dynamite Kid came along, and he was, you know, he was explosive. He was agile. He was high-flying. Um, he, he was a dynamite. And uh, when, he, when the Hearts brought him in in 1978, um, to the Stampede Wrestling Territory, which was actually about to die. Um, you know, North American wrestling fans had never seen anything like this before, and he, uh, he essentially uh, reinvigorated uh, the territory, and he, and he revolutionized uh, the wrestling game in, in the long term. He did. You know, it's interesting because uh, he was from England. Uh, now, you know, a lot of wrestlers came through Calgary, learned the craft in the dungeon um, at the Hart House, but, but how, did, how did the Dynamite Kid make his way to Calgary? He was, uh, he had been wrestling since he was a kid. Uh, his, you know, he came from kind of a tough background. He lived, he grew up in a place called uh, Goldborn uh, and around the Wigan area, and it's sort of around Liverpool and Manchester, and tough family. I think his dad had been a boxer, and I believe his dad was a minor, and uh, they had this, there was a, a, a wrestler um, in, in the area that was sort of a famous wrestler that was training, training some of the young, young boys, and uh, they recognized this, this kind of toughness and this talent in young Tom Billing. And, and they trained him, and, and he was sort of a, uh, a sensation in the, in the English wrestling scene from the age of 14, 15, 16. You can see old clips of this skinny little kid in the ring nobody, who was just moving almost like a comic book figure. He was so animated and so, so agile and just so great. And uh, when Stampede Wrestling was dying around 1977, 1978, uh, one of Stu Hart's kids, uh, Bruce Hart, he just went on a, you know, the territory was dying anyway, so he went on a little uh, wrestling tour. In, in England, and I think he saw a Dynamite Kid performing in some little, you know, some 
little little pub almost and, and he saw him and he was so he was so blown away by what he saw he thought this is the guy that's going to save uh you know Stu Hart's stampede wrestling this is the guy that's going to save the territory and he begged Stu to to fly you know to bring dynamite kid and the, you know reputedly the first time uh Stu saw the dynamite kid he saw Tom Billington he thought no this kid, you know, he, he was this tiny, he was 155 pounds, oh, wow. he was 5 foot 8, he was nothing like what Stu, you know, Stu, Stu wanted nothing to do with him at first, until he saw Billington wrestle, and then he was, he was, he was on board. Yeah, and he was he was fantastic to watch. But I mean, yeah. he was he was small, but he was muscular, and and you know, even going back, I mean, you didn't really see you know, ripped guys, but but yeah, he made up for his his small size. You know, he was he was pretty tough. Absolutely, and I mean, and, and as as he progressed, too, I mean, eventually he you know his his heyday was in the '80s, and this is you know that's the area era specifically yeah. notorious for steroids, and 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 he kind of had an inferiority complex. Billington did, and he always felt like he had to kind of keep up with the. He would never get anywhere in the business if he wasn't larger, and so you know, in the early late '70s, early '80s, he started on the steroids and stuff, and and uh, yeah, eventually he got he got quite huge but by the time he went to the wwf uh, in 19 in 1984 yeah he was pretty large at that point but yeah you mentioned bruce and bruce was one of the big names at the time and and bruce and the dynamite kid had had quite the rivalry but you know they, they were they were tight but what what happened over the years he things really became frayed between billington and, and the hart family Oh, very much. I mean, the Hart family brought him in as he was almost like a, a, one of the Hart brothers. I think yeah. he, he really was. Uh, he he actually married uh, the sister of of, uh, of of Bret Hart's wife at the time. Um, he he they embraced him as as a family member. But he was sort of, he was a you know he was a dark guy. Uh, he he had a mean streak, and and eventually he became sort of the, the black sheep of the family. And you know he had a falling out with Bruce, and and uh, falling out with a number of of of, of people in the family, and. Uh, yeah, he was, you know, and even his own uh, his uh, his own cousin, Davy Boy Smith, who was also married into the Hart family. Uh, he had a, a hugely notorious falling out with Davy Boy Smith, and they became fa- they became world famous together as the British Bulldogs uh, in the WWF. Yeah, they did. I mean, so many of those those wrestlers from that era speaks to you know what a what a talent factory Stampede Wrestling was. Yeah, absolutely was. Yeah, but I, I mean, even even you know, despite all those big names, I mean, where would you rank Dynamite Kid in terms of the, the stars of that promotion of the era? I, I I have a bias. I grew up with Stampede Wrestling, so he was one of my he was one of my hometown stars. So when I was watching in the WWF, I was I was astounded he was there. But Bret Hart will tell you this too that he was pound for pound. Bret Hart often says pound for pound he was the greatest wrestler of all time. Just the way he moved in that ring, the way he was, you know, the economy of his moves and, and, the, and the, the, the the dynamism of those moves and, and how he was like it was like watching a comic book character uh, come yes. to life. I, some, I've compared him to Spider Man in the past in my writing. <laughs> He's uh, he was a, he was just amazing to watch. Yeah, well, he certainly made his name here. As you say, went on to, to big things in, in the WWF, as it was at the time, but also Japan. He was, he was big in Japan. Very much so. His, uh, well, at the same time he was in Stampede Wrestling, uh, he started doing tours of Japan. And uh, uh, he, he, there was a character there called Tiger Mask, who was, who was a huge star in Japan, uh, also a mid-heavyweight guy. And, and in Japan, mid-heavyweight guys, sort of, there was more of a, you know, there was, there was, they could be stars there. And... Uh, Dynamite, Dynamite Kids matches with Tiger Mask are considered to be uh, some of the most influential matches of all time, and they were a precursor to a, a lot of what you see today in the WWF ring with this, these high-flying, you know, sort of the smaller high-flying stars that you see today. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, and I think we're kind of the same level where we talk about these guys in that era and it just evokes such, such strong memories. I still have at home. I have some of those, remember the old body press program you get at the events? I've got mine as well. I got, you know, <laughs> autographs on them and everything. So yeah, it, it, it certainly was a special time and um, yeah, he was, he was, uh, you know, one of the, the best. So. Absolutely. Big loss. Heath, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate your input on this. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Uh, that is Heath McCoy, a former journalist, and as mentioned, uh, literally wrote the book on the history uh, of Stampede Wrestling. Uh, Pain and Passion, the history of Stampede Wrestling is the book. And, yeah, I mean, it got so big at the time. And, and you know, Vince McMahon was coming in and recruiting wrestler after wrestler. But as Heath points out, I mean, in the late 70s, it was on the verge. It was nearly done. And, you know, Dynamite Kid was one of the performers that really helped save it. And it did create a really special era, you know, with Ed Whalen on the call, as we mentioned, at Bret Hart and, uh, you know, Bad News Brown and Honky Tonk Wayne and you know, Bruce Hart and Owen Hart and um, Davey Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was um, quite the era. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.